It's Deep Focus. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. Here's part three from Monday, December 8th, 2015. My guest drummer, Don McKenzie, on the topic of the supergroup Last Exit. There's two other parts. If you didn't get to hear those yet, you might want to start with those. And this part here, this is the last, last bit of it. You know, there's hundreds of episodes of this show, and they're all free. They're all available. You could find them all on your favorite podcasting app, or our hosting site is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. Collect them, trade them with your friends, and you can even uh, email us if you want. We're deepfocusnow at gmail.com, deepfocusnow. Okay, here's part three. Don McKenzie on the topic of last exit. uh, Coltrane once would practice all the time even when he was in between breaks a concert yeah, yeah. he would go in he'd go into the into the dressing room or the or the the kitchen or wherever wherever whatever, wherever he was he was doing a concert and he would just continue to practice continue to play continue to do his thing you know so um yeah. it's, you, were, you were talking about I, I i've spoken to a bunch of musicians who played with coltrane who said that about him Neighbors of his who said that about like yeah, uh, drove people nuts. My neighbors would, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, you know, in Massapequa, man, they still look at me when I go. go back. They still like, look at uh-oh. me. They still look at me a little funny. <laughs> but and you were talking about Jimi Hendrix. It was yeah. also uh, there was a brilliant bass player who at this time. So that recording we heard of Last Exit was uh, in Leverkusen, late eighties, and it, around the so. All the members of this group, as we were saying earlier, were band leaders in their own right. Mm-hmm. Ronald Shannon Jackson, I worked with at that time, and uh, he had a, a fantastic bassist, John Moody, whose name, I don't know, I, I hope is not lost to the ages. He did not, not as well known as he should be. Um, I saw I saw and heard him do astounding things mm-hmm. on stage and off stage, and uh one of the great story meisters of all time. And he'd been in bands in Harlem with Jimi Hendrix. And he told me a lot of stories about Jimi, just never not with the guitar. One of many people that I knew that played with Jimi Hendrix had stories about him just always, 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 like in the, like in the bathroom. Yeah. Sitting down, I mean, you know, like always playing. I mean, there's no other way to get great at what you do. You gotta. Uh, I went to I went to school all through high school, junior high school, elementary school, with uh, Mike James. Uh, he he was a pretty famous basketball player, and he won. Uh, I think he won uh, a ring with uh, with the Celtics or something. And he would be walking with his basketball underneath his arm. All through class, all through the day, all through the day. He's not bouncing it or anything. It's just, and the same way I would walk around with my drumsticks in my back pocket. You didn't have to be going to play, but you're in, theoretically, you're either on your way to play somewhere, play, or you're, you're just leaving. You know what I mean? But you have to have that thing with you to connect you. Sometimes you, sometimes you just look at it and, it and it refocuses what you should be doing. Just having the instrument. And, and the flip side of that. <laughs> that was another thing you're talking about. I almost feel like you're interviewing me about <laughs> Shannon because, yeah. and you're bringing up, I mean, I, I, uh, he's a fascinating character. I don't mind talking mm-hmm. about him at all. And um, all these little nuggets are floating to the surface. Like okay. he mentioned, somebody got, was mentioned in a conversation mm-hmm. who had been, uh, Shannon was talking about a former housemate of uh, his, and he said, uh, and uh, he mentioned the name, I said, uh, uh, so-and-so, you know, the, the saxophonist? He goes, well, he has a saxophone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, deep. Yeah. <laughs> didn't want to quite, like, yeah. oh, I know that guy, the saxophonist? Yeah, he, he has a saxophone. Yeah, deep. Like, deep. Deep. Well, I mean, let me tell you something about that. I mean, you know, I, I've fallen out with a few of my colleagues, uh, former colleagues, because I don't, I didn't feel that they were, they took the instrument seriously, whatever instrument they're playing. 
and and that bothers me. It's I mean, some of them they would complain and say, "Oh well, I don't know what instrument I play anymore" or something. Then don't give it up. Leave space for some somebody coming up to do it. Sell sell all your instruments if you're not going to play this instrument. But me, I want to practice. I want to have my instrument close to me at all times. And and if you're not in that realm, then I don't need to associate with you. Speaking of, tell us about how you came to be so uh, associated with Bill Laswell. Okay. Well, who's, know, he's a very a, interesting that's a character. Jump. That's a big jump. Maybe. Perchance. <laughs> Perchance it is. That's a big jump. But, but before we start on uh, okay. that, oh, let me I t- do need to announce okay. that we're, you, you are listening to WKCR. Let me get this right. WKCR FM New York and... WKCR HD1. And uh, the program is called Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. Don McKenzie's my guest. Yeah. And, thanks um, thanks yeah. for having me. All right. Oh, man. Yes, we yeah. go way back. <laughs> yeah. Mitch and I. We <laughs> do. We do. We do. All right. So uh, you wanted to know about Bill Laswell. Well, right? you know, he's uh, a very intriguing character. Very intriguing character. He's uh, well known. He's a New Yorker, but he's not. You know, uh, he's, he's uh, not somebody that you're going to uh, necessarily have a direct first-person encounter with unless circumstances dictate that you should. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in that way, I think he's sort of Miles davis uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you uh-huh. can't just run up on Bill Laswell and, and want to have a little chit-chat. Because yeah. you'll get shut down extremely quickly. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's totally opposite of like Vernon. Vernon, yeah. Vernon courts attention from people, and he's so super nice. And not that he's a ham. Not not that he's a ham. Uh, maybe that's he, maybe that's but wrong he, word. He has a genuine, authentic love for anyone that wants to associate or talk to him. Anybody's got at, something to say, he wants to hear. It. Yes, and but Bill is not like that at all. Yeah. In fact. Uh, I mean, I, let, let me let me give you a little background. The, the way I met Bill, I I uh, was a big fan of that album that Bill remixed, uh, that Miles Davis, Pathalassa, is that? Pantalassa, yeah, yeah, yeah Pan, sure. Bill did that, and I I'm, I don't know if I was pronouncing it that. Right. I think okay. so. Yeah, yeah. If if that's wrong, call up and tell me that I did it incorrectly. But but Bill, uh, I love that album. I love the way it's mixed. I love how what he did, how, how we put how we put those, you know, the those unreleased tracks with the released tracks, and and enhance certain things and and that album came out in '97 I think, and I, I think I bought it when it came out and I was blown away, and maybe about two three years ago, I said uh, you know what this I played with Vernon I played with Elliot Sharp I played with Mark Rebo. I played with Melvin Gibbs. I played with, I mean, I, countless people. And I said, you know what? I think I should play with Bill Laswell. Mm-hmm. Okay. The ego of Don McKenzie. <laughs> right? so, <laughs> so I said, I think, I, hey, let me email him. So I emailed him. And, you know, I waited around. And I emailed him again. And then uh, his manager got back to me and said, yeah, we've gotten your emails. Thank you. <laughs> Just, just like one sentence. We've <laughs> right. gotten your emails. Thank you very much. So then, uh, DJ Logic, who who we know very well, because Logic and I, we were all together on the road with Vernon mm-hmm. on that first Mask album tour in Europe. Yeah. DJ Logic is all over. DJ Logic has gained a really big reputation since '95, '96. He's now huge. And you said he's playing tonight. He's playing tonight at New Blue. DJ Logic. Uh, I will be going there after this. And then I will be going, I don't know, I might have dinner with my my lady and my child, who's also here, my daughter, Electra, and Carla. So um, before I go to see Logic, but uh, Logic Logic was doing a concert at Gramercy Theater. I'm sorry, I'm going long or not? No, uh, no, no, no. Okay, uh, Logic was doing a concert at um, uh, Gramercy Theater, and Logic goes like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's with Bill Laswell. I was like, really? Yeah, I've been dying to play with this guy. And uh, so we go downstairs in the dressing room, and uh, Logic introduces me to Bill Laswell. And Logic goes, hey, uh, Bill, this is Don McKenzie, great drummer. Uh, you should meet him. 
And Bill goes, oh, yeah, you're the guy that's been emailing me. <laughs> and then he does a 180. Oh. <laughs> like, this is like before I could even say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> right. And I... I mean, I was so taken back that he would actually do that. I was, I was like, what? <laughs> do people like this even exist still that, that do things like that to people? So I, um, I said to Logic, you know, don't, don't introduce me to this guy ever again. <laughs> right. I don't want to meet him ever again. That was so rude. So I was totally upset. So a month later, I get an email. I get a phone call, in fact. Hey. Bill is doing a gig with James Blood Omer. And Bill, would you like to play the drums? Wow. Out the blue. <laughs> wow. Out the blue. I think I, I, think I, I was like, what? <laughs> I said, uh, they said, are you free that day? I said, if I wasn't free, I would definitely <laughs> make myself available to do that. Yeah. And, and, and a trio, no less. A trio, but uh, we had percussionist, uh, Jesus, Adam. No. Oh yeah, Adam Rudolph. Yes, Adam Rudolph was playing uh, percussion. Great. So it was uh, so it was it was a quartet technically, but you know it was the first time I played with James Blood Ulmer, first time I played with Bill Laswell, first time I played with um, Adam Rudolph, and it was incredible. It was at the Stone. I mean, I played with Zorn before many times at the Stone. I played with Vernon at the Stone. Uh, John Zorn, yeah, and, and and Vernon Reed, and but the Stone is a very small venue. Yeah, I don't like the equipment. Yeah, I, I could tell. I could say that to John <laughs> Zorn. He's probably not listening, <laughs> but he's probably home. But I, but they really need to upgrade the drum equipment. Maybe I'll donate something there. But the 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 venue is very small, and it gets packed very easily. No place to walk around. But I think that. That helped the intimacy, mm. uh, uh, and 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 helped helped us connect because it was just sound check, mm. and then hit two sets, and it was really really good. I have tapes of that, and it was uh, interesting. And then, you know, I was shocked that Bill would after that encounter with yeah. the logic that he would just. But that's the way Bill is. Yeah, he wants to sort of research you a little. Like he'll, they'll go and check out all the work you've done, check out how your pocket is if you're a drummer, how you play, you know. And then when he's ready for you, mm-hmm. from what he told me, he was like, "I yeah yeah I was I've been thinking about you, but I didn't have the right vehicle." Well, that's I mean, so that, so that's a great. big spot, man. Yeah. Oh that's my a God. Big spot. That's a. Those are some. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. James and, Blood Ulmer. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Laswell at the same time. A couple of uh, inscrutable characters. Inscrutable too. characters. So since then, Bill and I uh, have worked on this the new Bernie Rowell album. Nice. I played drums on 100% of it. Uh, uh, it's instrumental. We're doing, you know. A lot of Bernie's great stuff. Bernie Rowell from P Funk. Yeah. Oh, man. Parliament Par- Par- Funkadella, Funk, you know. Uh, you know, all the uh, atomic dog and all that, you know, all that stuff. So um, I did that. And I, I've also been recording my solo album at Bill's studio in uh, Orange, New Jersey. Uh, my solo album is all duos and stuff like that. And, and Bill is, I, I don't want to, I don't want to name everyone that's going to be on it because it's a lot of great, interesting characters, duos, strictly duos, improvisational wow. duos. Interesting. No talking, we just, you get in the room, and then you you create. 20 minutes, and that's it. And then, and then, then we just, we, we go back and edit minimally, you know, maybe just enhance the sound, and then, and then we put it out. So, I mean, uh, last, last studio session, we had Nels Klein from Wilco. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Kevin Shea, another monster drummer. Du- duo, duet with me, and uh, we had Dave Hofstra, one of my favorite bass players of all time. Dave Hofstra, I met Dave Hofstra playing with Mark Rebo. Mm-hmm. We had a trio called the Mystery Trio, mm-hmm. which was years ago. Uh, so Dave Hofstra and plays tuba as well. Yes, yes, he, and he's just a 
he's just an all-around great guy. He emailed me today. And uh, and uh, so also Nick Demopoulos, he was, uh, plays this really weird instrument. He's a, he's a really genius inventor. Uh, if you want to go check him out, Nick. Uh, uh, Smomid, S-M-O-M-I-D. Hmm. So if you Google that, everything will come out about him. Nick is a monster player. I mean, so I mean, when you guys really, when you guys hear this duo, yeah, that you, that that Nulls Klein and I did, you're gonna be blown away because it's it's sort of it's sort of like what I hear with Last Exit, but just in a duo form. Get in and you box it out. Uh huh. But but the the opponent is who you want to be in your brain. You know what I mean? We're 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 fighting this battle together to 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 go to that place we want to psychologically and and we're bringing the audience along so this this i have an al- another album out um it's on itunes don mckenzie the second sound art i mean if you want to check that out but uh, i mean uh i did it with emmanuel ruffler and uh it's it's a good album but i think i i don't i don't know if compromised is the right word that's a little strong mm. but I just I just wasn't a hundred percent happy with the direction and 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 the way it came out. But but who's ever happy? Hundred <laughs> percent. I think I think I'm gonna get closer to my vision with this this work nice. I'm doing with Bill Laswell. So now, when do you think this is coming out? Well, I have two more sessions I'm gonna do uh, this weekend, and then another two weeks or so. You know, depends on schedules and. and and people I'm calling and stuff, and and the schedule of the engineer, James Delacatoma, and you know Bob Musso, and you know Bill as well. Like it depends on their schedule. So um, you know, I hopefully I could have it out by January. Wow, that's quick. No, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, see, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I forgot that we're already in December. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, hopefully by February. February. Cool. It's February. still quick. Yeah, it's still quick because I mean, I, I there's no there's no reason to wait anymore when you're making music. It's not like you have to do this big setup. We have this big machine. Right. You got to get Warner Brothers involved, and then they got to get their marketing and promotion team yeah. involved, and then you have to get um, you know, this the lady down me. the hall that's bringing the Starbucks and stuff. <laughs> no, you have to. It, I think I think you should just put out great music as much as possible. I yeah. mean, I would love to put out, to record something every day for a year and just put it out the following day. Wow. 360 yeah. different pieces. I think I could do that, and I think, I think that's, that's something I, I envision people being able to do. And, and the people that want it can have a direct line to it because you could just stream it, get it in a second. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, so I think, I think, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, I think that's the future. I mean, I mean, I, I'm working with Nick on a, on a, a new music business model that I, I can't really go into for legal reasons uh, about about uh, about how we're gonna engage the consumer with with uh, our art. Cool. And art in general. Hey, but, if people want to find out about Don McKenzie and what you're doing and everything, where do they find you? Uh, man, if you Google DMII74, you could you can get it. My website is www.dsamii.com or Google Don McKenzie Drummer. Donald McKenzie, the second drummer. Donald Sturge, Anthony McKenzie, the second drummer. You know, just I mean, I mean, you can find everything, you know, straight away. Uh, I I try to have all my online personalities or uh, identities connected. Mm-hmm. So if you connect to one, you can you can connect to all of it. So so I mean, it shouldn't shouldn't be that difficult, you know, to get to my fan page on Facebook or uh, or anything else, but. Bill Laswell, let me get back to him real quick. Yeah. He is, I'm really, really honored to be working with him, and I'm really honored that he's, and he's, he's taken me, taken, taken me, uh, on on a short journey so far. It's been it's pretty recent. We our association, 
and and I'm I'm looking forward to really working with them this, this weekend, and in the future we we got to record something this weekend, so so it should be great. Should be great. He's uh, you know, I mean a- anything he does is it's always worth checking out, and working with him is always very very interesting, and, and everything he does comes from a well considered place. Yes, it's not just hey, this is going to make me look cool. Or oh, he's, he's, there's a tremendous amount of uh, not just thought, but um, formulation somehow of, of it's, it's a manifestation of a much more extensive, deeper kind of uh, contemplation of some other things that are going on. Well, I mean, we had dinner uh, uh, pretty recently, uh, just Bill Laswell and I. You know, I, I thought it was going to be a bunch of us, but he just wanted to have dinner with, with me. And we had dinner, and we t- and he said to me uh, that he's not a businessman. Everything he does is integrity with, for the art. For the He has an intense passion for expression, for pe- to, to enable people to freely express themselves. And he, and he thinks from a... a perspective of of a foundation person because he's a bass player yes so so when you listen to anything he does he's mixing from that position of of the of a rhythm section player yeah and he's mixing it like he's glue because which is which is the bass bass frequencies yeah they're gluing all those things together so he's he's like i'm not a businessman i just do what i like and i've been pretty lucky and he has. I mean, this guy produced Rocket. I can't. I keep going back to that. But <laughs> Rocket, you know, I Rocket, that, that video. Remember that video yes, with Herbie Hancock with the, with the mannequins and oh man, absolutely. So. Not only that, but I, I was thinking about this recently, like how little people realize the extent to which that really was Bill Laswell's piece of work and yes. not Herbie Hancock's. Can you? <laughs> you know, I mean. Yes, that's all Bill. Yeah, That's not to take cool. anything away from not, the great Herbie Hancock, but that's if you listen to all the stuff that Bill Laswell was doing at that time, it's very much of a piece, yeah. much more so than with Herbie Hancock's work. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, I think the success of that piece maybe pushed Herbie along to try to okay, wow, this is really maybe I should listen more <laughs> to what, but Bill, man, the guy is a genius and and. I've just been lucky to be to to be able to be associated with like people I consider geniuses. Elliot Sharp, come on. Yeah. Cecil Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I basically lived with Cecil for like two years, day in and day out. And and although we didn't play a lot of music together, but just when you when you are surrounded by people with that type of vision of who they want to be, who they want to be artistically, it, it, it can't help but rub off on you. You know what I mean? And, 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 and you start to see yourself as, as, uh, as being fearless. You know, you got to be yourself in this, in this life. Man. It's not, you know, I'm 41 years old now, man. It's like, it's like you have to be, fail. If I'm going to fail, I want to fail on my own terms. If I want to succeed, I'm going to succeed on my own terms. If you like my work, it's there for you. If you don't like it, it's not there for you. Go listen to Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. who I love, of course, and go listen to who else. But if you want to, if you want to hear somebody, you know, tipping on the drums, maybe go listen to Ari Koenig, or you know, or <laughs> if you want to hear what I have to offer, then I'm there for you. But I'm not going to change for anybody. Well, integrity. Of, integrity. Um, I think we should hear some more. Absolutely. Last exit. And uh, I got a little surprise for you. <laughs> okay. I don't think you heard a surprise for everybody, actually. <laughs> okay. What's that? Champagne. Champagne. <laughs> and a new Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> a new, the new E-type, right? The, the new the... E-type, yeah, man. Because, you know, you, you, you deserve to be transported in style, well, you know? Well, uh, my lady has a Porsche, so. Yeah, well, that's nice too. But you know, um, this is a very interesting recording that I stumbled on from uh, a collector. 
and it's now in the WKCR archives. It's a, you know, this band, Last Exit, did a handful of shows in this country. Yeah. Just barely more than a handful of shows anywhere ever in the world. But, um, I mean, I think, I can only think of a number of shows I know of happening in the, in the States. It's like four or five maybe or something like that. That was it. And uh, one of them is partly documented on one of the few albums they made uh, called Cassettes 1987. And um, one of the shows that's on that was all recordings made on cassettes. Okay. Maybe our, our younger listeners, we could explain to them what cassettes are. <laughs> I still have a, a we lot still have of them a few, yes. in my parents' garage. And uh, so these recordings were made on cassette. And this one show that's just a few minutes from this show happens to be on that album. And this show was in the unlikely place, perhaps, of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And even within Allentown is an unlikely location of uh, was more or less an abandoned storefront, as I recall. Wow. In uh, a mostly empty strip mall. Really? That's I remember like... walking across the parking lot to get to a Wawa to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> I mean, we're like... Wow. You know, this is the same Allentown that Billy Joel is. That Allentown. Wow. That, Allentown. that Billy Joel is talking about. That's yes. the same one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Somehow, strangely, it fit. I can and I can hear it. I can. So this was September 27, 1987. I can hear the sound the way it reverberated in this empty store. Wow. A pretty good uh, turnout, though. You good made crowd. this mix, you saying? No, I didn't even know that it was made. Okay. And it sounds good. I found it from a collector, and uh, I'm. No one's heard it. No one has heard this since 1987, as far as I know, other than a handful the, of I don't have collectors. this, you're saying. You don't have this? I don't know of anybody having this. Oh, wow. Maybe Bill Laswell's got a copy. If he won't like a copy, I'll make him one. Um, Bill, but, Bill, text me, buddy. So, uh, yeah, we're going to a strip mall in Allentown, Pennsylvania, across from the Wawa. Wow. And uh, so, once again, the group Last Exit is... Peter Brotzman on the saxophone, Sonny Chirac on the guitar, Bill Laswell playing the bass, Ronald Shannon Jackson on the drums, groups called Last Exit. The show is called Deep Focus. I am called Mitch Goldman. My guest is called Don McKenzie. Yeah. And uh, come on, we're off to Allentown and WKCR.
We are in Allentown, PA. We are in a otherwise insignificant strip mall with not too many stores in it. And uh, listening to the band Last Exit. Last Exit. Peter Bratzman reinventing the saxophone. Sonny Chirac assaulting the guitar. Bill Laswell crushing that bass. And Ronald Shannon Jackson exploding the drums. Exploding. And... uh, Everybody had a little something to say in that part of that set. We're going to get back to that in a bit. But, you know, we're getting down to it. My name is Mitch Goldman. Don McKenzie here in the studio with me. We call the show Deep Focus. And uh, I tell you, man, I told you the time flies by. Yeah, yeah. Flies by. We're coming up on 9 o'clock. But we got a little bit left. And um, what if... Go ahead. No, what, 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 what have we not talked about? Who have we not talked about? What have we not talked about? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. We didn't talk. Uh, did we talk enough about Elliot Sharp? Well, well, Ellie, no. But Ellie, and again, he's not in Last Exit. So. Yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Nothing against yes, Elliot. I like that. I like that one. Okay, I'm I sorry. I love Elliot. No, nah, I just, I just want to say, you know, how much I love and appreciate Elliot Sharp, man, and playing with him. Just honored. Mark Rebo, as well, who took me, you know, great, great music, great, great places. Yeah, you know, Dave Hofstra. Uh, man, Vernon Reed, of course, Melvin Gibbs, and yeah, I just got a lot of, uh, you know, drum influences. Can mm. we talk a little bit about that? No, I'd rather talk about Shannon. Last Exit. I know, this, no, that's what I was going to say. I was gonna, I'm coming to that. Oh, my God, I'm coming to that. S- well, <laughs> Shannon, sonar drums, spicy symbols. Well, what emerges for you with listening to this? I mean, I have my take on it and I have a very you know I mean I'm clouded with all these memories of having been at this particular gig which is a whole other story um, but I'm curious for you what, what I take what I take from this yeah what what jumps out at you what are you okay, hearing two words balanced and or frenetic hmm. frenetic improvisation see these, these are things that, that I'm working on in, in the way I uh, I'm trying to intellectualize and, and verbalize and the stuff that I do. So, I mean, balanced and frenetic improvisation. Balanced improvisation to me is when you're, say you're, you're improvising over a groove and you guys are going places and this and then it's, and it's in time, basically in time and you're, you're, you're flowing. Frenetic improvisation is like the stuff I do with John Zorn where there's no time, it's time is floating. There's no, no ostinato patterns going on. So I, I hear both when I listen to Last Says Exit, which is stuff totally like if you, if, when you, when you have the opportunity to get my new album, you're gonna, you're gonna hear a lot of stuff like that. Balanced and phonetic improvisation. And, and that's what I, and that, uh, that's what I'm pulling from Last Exit. Well, that was, makes me think of another thing. I keep coming up with these things that Shannon would say. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about the one, mm. and Shannon was very conscious of the one, but that he didn't necessarily play the downbeat. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when he's playing, you know exactly where that downbeat is. And I was talking about he didn't care for drummers who played. You know, uh, gently patted at their drums. Tippity tap. Set his his teeth on edge. But another (laughs) thing that would do that would be if a drummer didn't know where that one was, he just, Shannon was just lost it for that guy. Anybody like, if you didn't know, you know, you didn't have to pound it out every time. Yeah. But if you didn't know where exactly where it was, mm, no. Yeah, well, I mean that does it for me too. It, it upsets me. I mean, you have to practice with a metronome as a drummer, especially. I mean, you can if you're you're coming from the old style and you're doing this stuff. This is modern music. If you're a musician, you have to be. You have to take in the influences that you're getting every day. Everything's in time. Everything. Everybody has an iPhone. Everybody. Everybody's. Everybody's running the on on the Gregorian calendar. 
you gotta you gotta play in time. And if you're a drummer and you're not conscious of this, and you're doing all these fancy things, and you want to learn the fills, and you wanna and you wanna do the double bass triplet coming out of the floor tom and hit that splash symbol, and you're not in time, then it doesn't make sense. So you really have to be conscious of the one, two, three, four. Mm. If you're in four, four time or whatever, whatever time you're in. And Dave Brubeck just passed on, and and the five. Yeah. Okay. Gotta have the five. That was, uh, that was. Wasn't that three years ago? No. He, Maybe it was. Was it? I yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. That's three years. That's what ago. I said. I saw it somewhere. Yeah. It was, yeah it was three. I was like. I, think that happened already. No, but hey, we'll just hey, we still got to reminisce, and and, and and he's still he's still a still a you know he did his thing. He did his thing. Joe Morello, yeah, take five. <laughs> Joe Morello, take five. Yeah, but once again, Shannon, 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 Shannon. Yeah, well, you know, Don, maybe we got to do another one of these just about Shannon stuff. You know, just maybe. Well, I have some secret unreleased. Uh huh. Audio that uh, my buddy Bill Laswell has been kind enough to mm-hmm. share with me. All right. And I know you have some things. I might have. I might. I might have. You have some. I things. have one or two things here in the WKCR archives. Really? One that, or two that I think people would love to hear. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, we need to do that. I, I, we're we're grinding right up against it here. And yeah. It's, uh, so I guess that's it. I guess it just tells me what a pleasure it's been that it has. Went like this. Like I'm telling you, man. Went like this. My daughter has to get to bed by nine thirty, so we got a lot of listeners too. You know, they gotta, <laughs> we just—I think we just wiped them out, man. I think they got nothing yeah. left in the tank. Yeah. So I well, gotta... we're gonna end with uh, as much of Allentown, PA, as we have time yeah. for. I think there's a, a really interesting hit, um, a little different vibe from uh, Tampere or Leverkusen. And a uh, nice recording again. Thank you. Yeah, it was, I mean, surprisingly. Yeah, I think it was, an, it was a recording made from the audience, just with uh, one mic right in front. Yeah. That sounds good. Sounds, re- sounds mixed. Sounds yeah. better than the board mixes yeah. on some of the other things. I'm trying to remember who mixed that show. I can't remember. I don't, remember. I don't think he Ethan? did. Ethan? No. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I can't remember. Wow. But uh, I have to comb my memory. I tell you, I do remember driving to that gig with Sonny Chirac, and Sonny was at the wheel, and we ran out of gas on, the, on I-80. Did the gas gauge break, or you just... Uh, I, I, tough times. <laughs> no, Combination just, of both. I think nobody was paying attention. We were just, you know... Oh, man. Sonny, he never... He, I mean... if He was the kind of guy, if some stuff went down, stuff always went down, mm-hmm. he would never let you forget it. And he would, had this way of like riding you about stuff, riding me about stuff. I'm sure he did it to other people too. Mm-hmm. In this like friendly, loving, you know. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I've, I've, <laughs> I've been guilty of that from what I like, hear. With this huge grin uh-huh. and this sweet warmth and like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. shove this thing down your throat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was a character. He is missed, sadly missed. Wow. I mean, are there any online interviews with him? Or you know what? Maybe uh, we matter of fact, no, I'm glad you asked me this because um, a document that I have that was uh, prepared by our great friend Margaret Davis, um, and I'm looking for this very quickly right now, is available online. And I'm going to tell you about it. Um, it's called Sweet Butterfingers, and she made it after he passed. Um, it's a really cool little document with, uh, it's like a memory book with, uh, there's, there's a significant interviews and articles, uh, I think maybe a discography. Very, <coughs> very cool so. thing to have for anybody who's a friend of Sonny, fan of Sonny Chirac's. It's called Sweet Butterfingers. You can find it at jazznewyork.org, okay. jazznewyork.org. And um, yeah, it's really, it's almost the closest you're going to get to hanging out with Sonny these days, which is something I miss doing. Hmm. But um, 
Right now, I'm hanging out with you, Don McKenzie. I'm so glad you made a little time for us tonight. I'm very honored that you asked me, and I'm I'm glad that we came up with this great topic. Yeah, these great guys. Man. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy. My lady's here. My daughter's here. It was an honor. To yeah, meet them. yeah, beautiful, right? Absolutely. Yeah, they, through and through. Yeah, they keep a smile on my face all the time. So I mean, it's it's just it's it's this this is great, man. This is great. You know, we, we go back till '95, man. '95 <laughs> seems like yeah. the whole wow. last century, last millennium. Man, I was I think I was like 160. <laughs> a, couple, a couple pounds of government. Yeah, yeah. I think I was 160 pounds in 1995. I mean, it's it's great, man. All right, well, Don, you've hey. got to let us know when this uh, duets album comes out. Yeah, yeah. Well. Well, I mean, it's going to be all over. So good. So uh, it's just going to be in- incredible. The stuff that we've recorded so far is incredible. We have a lot more recording to do, editing, and it's going to be great. So check out Don you. McKenzie, Donald Sturge, Sturge Anthony, Anthony McKenzie the <laughs> second, D S A M I I dot com. And you could Google me, yeah, find me, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook and. Uh, <laughs> Tumblr and do all of those things and find me all over the place. And, you know, right now I'm going to maybe get something to eat and take this baby home. And we're going back to Allentown. Sing yes. It, Don. Thank you. This, my name is Mitch Goldman. Don McKenzie's my guest. The show's Deep Focus. You're listening to WKCR FM and WKCR HD1. Back to Allentown with Last Exit. Mm-hmm.